On this episode of the podcast, we're beginning our little mini-series about the Royal Rumble, our predictions, favourite moments, and everything that comes along with it. I'm your host, Darren. I'm joined once again by the phenom of the podcast, the wrestling guru. Can I use that one? Here we go. Spud, welcome back to the podcast. What's happening? It, it might be confusing for people when you call me Spud in one and Aaron in the wrestling, so... Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, Darren. It's really good. Well, you're like I the three. You're like the. You just need one more, one more gimmick, and you can be the three faces of Spud or Aaron or Foley or Montgomery. I so, kind of look like Mick Foley, so you can just do that, I suppose. <laughs> Thankfully, you don't have the injuries that Mick Foley has, at least. Of the body type. <laughs> and joining <laughs> us on the other line is the Doctor, the good Doctor, the Doctor of Time. Doctor Who, I'm kidding. It's not Doctor Who. It's Doctor Who fanatic Neil Campbell. Neil, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks very much for having me. Uh, it feels great that I'm the latest to be served up to attempt to break the phenom streak here, but I'm going to job. So there we are. Well, if you listen to Jim Cornette's review of Survivor Series, he did mention the job squad, and I think you would fit in rightly with that stable. Now, ah, well, at least it'd be over anyway. That's that's true. Well, moving forward, Spud, right off the bat, we're going to you. We're going to you with something unique. Why oh. should Talk Sports Alex McCarthy join us on the podcast? Well, that's a big question, isn't it, Patsy? It's almost like I didn't really have any answer for it. Let me let me think here. I mean, why wouldn't he want to come on? Let's go to Neil first. I think Neil would be a better person to ask for that kind of thing. Neil, you've been you've you've been nominated. Um, let me think. Hmm. <clears throat> well, he's obviously you know, <laughs> love to debate with really cool people, so that's why he should be on the show. <laughs> He should come on and chat with me, you and Spud about the Royal Rumble because we are the podcast. It's We're like what the X Factor faction should have been. Potsy, we are the WrestleMania of all podcasts. <laughs> we're like the capital punishment of all po- podcasts, I think. <laughs> like 3MB uh, of stables. Uh, after listening to this, I'm probably going to bring back capital punishment. <laughs> Nice. Well, moving moving swiftly swiftly on. Early predictions for I actually titled it in the WhatsApp group as Spud quite rightly pointed out. So early predictions for the 2022 Royal Rumble. No, early predictions for the 2021 Royal Rumble. Who should start? Neil. Let's go with you. Who is going to win this year's or next year's rather? Royal Rumble. You can go for you can go for the women's and the men's. Who have you got? 
you know what? Like we were talking about this earlier on. It's really hard to call this year. Like do you know the way you say there's a couple you think they have a good shout, but this year it's really difficult. Um, is that because you haven't been watching, or because there's nobody? Yeah, you haven't been watching out? for like <laughs> the last three years. It would be pretty difficult to pin somebody, I suppose. No, but do you know what I mean? I, I feel like well, a lot of people think Biggie, right? And originally, I thought he would maybe have a shout. And then I see his interactions with Sami Zayn. And I'm like, he's going to go after the Intercontinental title. So if he does that, I really can't see him winning the Royal Rumble. Right? And then before, like, I, I thought Keith Lee would have had a sh- like, you know, a sniff of it this year. But just the way they've booked him, I'm just like, mm, I don't know. Do you know what? I'm going to go AJ Styles. I think it's going to be a Raw winner. Everyone thinks it's going to be a SmackDown winner. And it is... I can't see anybody credible enough at the minute, apart from Drew McIntyre, who already has a belt, so it'll not be him to take on Roman Reigns at WrestleMania unless it's The Rock. So, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go AJ Styles. I also do think a Raw winner, but I don't know who. I said Keith Lee in the summer, and these are early predictions. We'll come back to these predictions in Podcast Three of our series. So for me, I'm also going a Raw winner. I just don't know who. I said Keith Lee way back. I might stick with Keith Lee. Or You don't, you don't sound very convincing. I'm not convinced because I've, I've, I've always wanted Big E, but the more I've thought about it, and I've thought it, I think it'll be a Raw winner as well. I think Styles will win on Raw here and challenge for the belt to TLC, so that's why I don't think Styles. Um, Sheamus has already won one. I couldn't see him going to Mania unless it was a they're planning on opening with the Raw title match. Spud, have you any thoughts? I I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna go with Keith Did Lee. You pick anybody? Keith oh, Lee. Right, okay. Yeah. Right. Here's my thinking. Who won the Royal Rumble this year? Drew. Yeah, and he yeah. was on Raw, and they lost Survivor Series. Yeah. Who won it the year before? I literally don't know off the top I, of my head. I can't remember. Seth right. Rollins. There you go, yeah. Seth, Seth Rollins. Was he on... Raw. He was on Raw. He was on Raw, yeah. Right. It's SmackDown then. It's going to have to be somebody from SmackDown. I'll go Big E. Why not? Big E. Just to go against the grain because it's, if it's been Raw on the bounce, they've just lost heavily at Survivor Series. A clean sweep at the men's. Um, so, yeah, I'll go Keith Lee. Or, sorry, Big E. Um, what about the women's? Any ideas about the women's? I'm gonna go right out. Just go Bailey. Yeah. What about you, Nin? I'm taking um, over here for the. So, go I. Do you know with Santa Potsy yesterday? It wouldn't be surprised if Charlotte Flair comes back and wins it again. Yeah. Sure. That's... Surely she's due back soon. I think she's due back soon, but my outside of the box think was Rhea Ripley. You're just taking my ideas. <laughs> <laughs> You're literally... <laughs> right, Charlotte's going to come back and win the title at the Rumble. I've just swapped out because my Survivor Series predictions were absolutely atrocious after the first half. Uh, so I'm going against what I actually predicted, and I'm saying that Rhea Ripley will win the women's, and uh, Charlotte will win, and then they'll have a rematch at WrestleMania. Interesting. Neil, did you pick anyone, or did we just move on? <laughs> I just said, I thought that I could see Sean coming back and winning it, but 
I do quite. Has has Bailey got a rematch yet for losing the title? Yeah, she lost on SmackDown. Um, just after Hell in a Cell, and it was actually, it was actually a better match than Hell in a Cell in my opinion. But um, and was it like was it clean and stuff? Or yeah, was yeah, it... she she tapped. But the the thing was she not the, <laughs> the thing with it, I actually think, and if it was me booking it, I'd book Bianca Belair. But I just don't know how she fits into a storyline right now. Anyway, I just can't see it. So um, and that's why I just went Bailey. I think it's an easy fit. Well, they should have had um, Baszler win it last year. I thought it was an absolute joke that she did not win that, and it really sort of stalled her momentum. And like, I, I can't even see her win it this year. No, there's no, not a chance. Shayna Baszler. Yeah. Oh God, no. Jesus, no. When's When's Becky Lynch's baby due? <laughs> it would. It, it's not before this month. So she won't be at the rumble. Actually, sorry, here's a shout. Ronda Rousey will win the rumble. Yeah. I'd pop for that. If that, if I'll tell you what, if the rum, if the women's rumble goes on last, I think you're on to something. I'll go left field. Ronda Rousey. So many caveats with all your guys' predictions. If this <laughs> happens, then this and this yeah, and this. Yeah, that is very, very true. But we need definites. We need definites. AJ Styles and Ronda Rousey. There we go. There we I go forget who I said. Biggie. <laughs> <laughs> Biggie and uh, Rhea Ripley. And you fluttered about with like Keith Lee, I think, or something. I, I did. Know. I did. Uh, I'm going to uh, Keith Lee and Bailey are my are my two picks. But then you mentioned something earlier about saying it was a travesty that Baser didn't win the Rumble last year, which I agree with. I thought she should have won. But the fact that she lost at Mania against Becky Lynch. Would that not make the win at the Rumble kind of meh and irrelevant anyway? Yeah. Um, unless unless you're thinking as that, well that she should have won the Rumble, then won the belt. Then I, 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 I agree, that, I agree with you. That's what I thought should have happened. I thought she should have won the Rumble, and then I thought she should have beat Becky Lynch. Because, like, Baszler's legit. Like, you know, she was, you know, an MMA fighter and stuff. So, and I think by that stage, Becky Lynch had got a bit stale. And then on top of that, she vacated the belt, what, like a month and a bit after anyway. So. I always wonder, did she, I don't know if this, maybe I'm thinking, I'm thinking it's completely wrong here, Spun, you'll mock me for this, but I wonder, did she know she was pregnant at Mania? But then if she did, then she probably wouldn't have been in the match. But at the same time, I think she would have had to have been, given the timing of then how long it takes for you to actually find out that you're pregnant. You know, because it was what, um, literally a month later, four, four weeks exactly later, she vacated the title. I mean, I doubt she would go into a wrestling match and put the risk of a baby on. Um, I would, nah. <laughs> I don't think she knew. I know it takes a while. It takes a while to find out, but I don't think she knew going into WrestleMania. But I don't know. I don't know. She might have kept it a secret, but I don't think she would have. <laughs> no, I, I don't, that was I a don't weird so. question. Yeah, yeah. she would have. <laughs> that's a really mad question. It is a really mad question. Spud, that's, why, Spud, that's why we need Alex McCarthy it. in the podcast, because I ask mad questions. No, Spud, why wouldn't you ask the person that hasn't just had a baby? You know, <laughs> ask me, who's who hates... I've never even held a baby. I'm scared of them. <laughs> I'll score, but I'll just I'll just score you off for babysitting duties then. <laughs> I would be 
sitting, trust me, honestly. <laughs> that sounds a lot more sinister than a suggestive, but I just don't want to maybe pick you. <laughs> Well, let's 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 move on a little bit um, from the baby. It's got weird. It has got very very weird. But favorite Royal. Do you think? No, wait, no. Do you think the Becky Lynch was hiding her pregnancy? Do you? Huh? Do you? Me or Neil? Books. Whoever. It's a Royal Rumble every man for themselves. <laughs> or woman in Becky's case. Uh, no, I, I don't think she knew. I think it would be too risky, um, especially in this day and age. Like, there's no chance she knew, but I still think that Baszler should have won the Rumble last year and won the title. It, I think she's sort of... I, I think she's lost a bit, of, a bit of steam. I agree. And moving swiftly on. <laughs> Favourite Royal Rumble moments or even just memories that pop into your head from in general from the Royal Rumble I'm going to go first one that always pops into my head and a Royal Rumble moment that I always think was brilliant was Maven eliminating The Undertaker loved it absolutely loved it um, I thought everything about it was brilliant and that little kind of like mini feud of Undertaker coming back in chucking him out the commentators like putting Maven over putting over the what happened and the what followed suit on Raw and all that sort of stuff I really really enjoyed that Spud, anything for you? Um, nope. Nah, I'm only joking. Um, the Maven thing, I think, just to... I'm probably going to pick somebody else's pick to uh, crap all over, but I hate overplayed moments. And I think Maven and Shawn Michaels doing the tippy-toe rope thing is overplayed, and we've seen it too much. But I do get that it was like a shocker moment. But off the top of my head, um, do you remember in 2000 when Too Cool all came out and did a dance? Yes, actually I do. I was actually thinking about that the other day because I was thinking about the 2000 Rumble and thought I always remember watching it and being like, I didn't really enjoy it. Uh, it's not a bad Rumble. It was on Channel 4. I stayed up to watch it. So I actually got to see it for a change live without staying in somebody's house because it never had Sky. But like... <laughs> No, it's true. It just is. It had adverts, but it was, it was on. But um, I remember Rikishi being like class right up to that, and then he eliminated both of them and done the wee finger touch at the end. We were all cool about it, and then he did a wee dance after they played his music again. <laughs> but people always like modern day wrestling fans are always like, "Oh, why did? Oh, it's all dancing and rubbish and nonsense." And it's like. No, it's always been dancing and nonsense. It, in 1990, it was the gobbledygooker. In 2000, it was Rikishi in the Royal Rumble. Brutus Clay in 2010. You know, it's all, it, it all, it's all just dancing, big weirdos. But that always sticks in my head. Because I love Rikishi, but I love the big man. I love his big, big bum. Did he go? He went quite far in that year, didn't he? I think he like had the most eliminations off the top of my head because he... There was a big like face off with viscera and yes. stuff like that. And it was like, yeah. oh, two big fat guys. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> and it, was, it really wasn't. But uh, and then big boss man came out. He was just eliminating people like Brock Lesnar did in this year's Rumble, where he was just waiting for people and then eliminating before the next one came out. And big boss man came out and just waited for the next person to come in. Also in that Rumble, just to talk about that, Takamichinoku gets smashed right in his face. He gets, like, chucked out. He's not in the Royal Rumble, but Kai and Tai keep, like, interrupting it. 
and somebody throws him out and he face plants the ground. Apparently it really caused an injury, but Jerry Lawler loved it and it was funny. <laughs> and they, re- they replayed it about eight times throughout that Royal Rumble and it always makes me laugh. <laughs> Do you remember, um, was it Goldberg Spear and Nunzio? Was that in a Royal yeah. Was that in 03? That looked horrible. Yeah. It didn't look good. I mean, it looked good. It looked amazing, but it didn't look good yeah. for Nunzio. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Her fella. It caught him high up in the chest just because of how big Goldberg is and how small he is. It, it caught him really high up and it was awful looking. Yeah. Neil, any funny any moments that stick out, whether just memorable or fun or what you think was really good? Yeah. Uh, it's not so much a funny moment, but it was memorable. I always thought in 2008 when John Cena returned, I thought that was really, really good. Like The pop he got whenever he came out, was amazing. And then suddenly everyone sort of remembered, like, oh, it's John Cena, we can't cheer him, we'll have to boom. But the initial pop he got was unbelievable, and JR's commentary makes it, you know, it's John Cena. Like, and nobody expected it because he, he had picked up a serious injury. So that was pretty good for shock factor, but for like a comedic moment, I like when the Honky Tonk Man came out in the 2001 Royal Rumble and his run in his mouth and saying he's the greatest intercontinental champion of all time and Kane's just standing there and then eventually Kane just rips the guitar out of, out of his hands and just smashes him over the head with it and just throws <laughs> him out. I always thought that was pretty funny, but simple but funny. Yeah, there's, a, there's always... And it's an interesting thing, and we're going to go back to a couple more memories here shortly, but um, as much as I, I enjoy wrestling being serious and competitive and trying to be, you know as i don't know realistic as you possibly can be in this very scripted and behind the curtain world the royal rumble for me is always something where there is that athleticism on show there is that seriousness there's the big prize at the end but there's also a bit of a comedic factor in and through it and i actually don't mind it and i enjoy that um what's sort of your thoughts in general the the concept the idea of the rumble and how it's all put together spud you first um i like it i think certain room i watched about five rumbles since you told me we were going to do this in the past like 24 hours so <laughs> i see think it. yeah no i watched 90 to 93 and i watched 98 and 99 so i i think the thing with the rumble it's it's pacing i think they always start well and end well but it's the middle uh where you need to sort of bulk it out or have little things to keep people interested because it is an R. It's an hour long, usually, around about there anyway. Um, so I think breaking it up with a little bit of comedy is fine if you have, within reason, I don't want to see Mick Foley and uh, Santino Morella like, have a sock off. I don't want to see that. But if it's a big fat guy <laughs> dancing and wiggling his big fat bum, I'm more than happy to sit and watch that. So maybe I'm a hypocrite, maybe I'm a scumbag, I don't know. Uh, I think comedy in general is a fine line in wrestling. I think there is too far that you can go, but, you know, the Royal Rumble seems to handle it well. You've got Cali getting kissed out by, uh, who's Edge's wife? Beth Phoenix. Yeah, so there's little things like that. Um, Yeah, it's, it's fine. I like the structure of it, and I think you need a bit of variation. Did, uh, what do you call him? R Truth not come in with a ladder one time? I think he did. Because he thought it was a money and bank match. You know, just little things like that's fine. Fine yeah. by me anyway. 
Spud or Spud, sorry, you've you've given me yours. Yes. Neil, over to you. Um, what what's sort of your thoughts on the on the just the concept of the rumble in general and how they pace it and the com- the comedic lines with the seriousness and everything that's sort of all built in. I love the rumble match. Uh, I just I've always like really enjoyed it because it's something different. And even though you know you've drifted in and out of wrestling you know, over the years, Royal Rumble is always something you watch. Well, well, I do anyway. And WrestleMania is obviously you know got its own build and stuff. But you know outside of that, Rumble is always the best pay per view. And um, well, maybe not necessarily the best pay per view. It obviously depends how they execute it, but it's always the one that you look out for. And I, I agree with what Spud says. You do need, because it, it does go on for so long, you do need to make sure there are different moments, you know, in, in like different genres throughout it, you know, to keep people engaged and interested. So you do need a bit of that slapstick humour, which which I think you can get away with in a Royal Rumble, but if it was just on a normal, like, Raw or SmackDown, you'd be like, what's going on here? But in a Rumble, it's it's completely fine. Like, the likes of Too Cool and Rikishi doing the dancing and all that sort of carry on, you know, it, it, it's funny, and you can get away with it there. Like, so, nah, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't begrudge uh, any one of that. Like, sure, even is it in the one earlier this year, Elias came out, and started, you know, singing a song, and then Brock Lesnar just went, screw this, and went out and just kicked the crap out of him. <laughs> so I actually thought that was quite funny as well, just, you know, that, that sort of that comedic side, and Brock Lesnar's legit, like, and he was just like, nah, I'm not having it. <laughs> just went mental, so, oh, no, it's, it's good, like. Yeah, I agree. It, you do, you need those fine lines and the differences throughout the actual match, given the, the, the length of the match. But back to some other favourite memories of mine. I, I like some like unique memories, funny memories, but at the same time, I like stuff that has a build behind it and a purpose behind it. And it brings me to one of my other favourite memories was 2003, where Shawn Michaels and Jericho were debating about you know, who was going to be number one, but Shawn Michaels did it, and it began their feud that went all the way to Mania. And Jericho said, well, if you're one, I'm number two. And... Or what was it? Was he number two? I can't remember. But he came out from behind, low blowed Shawn Michaels and chucked him out over the top rope. And I thought it was brilliant. And it, it led all the way to Mania. And the build for that match was great. The Mania match was great. Everything about it was great. I love little nuances like that that start at the Rumble and go all the way through. Um, Spot any other favourite memories or moments? That's a good one because like, Christian pretended to be Jericho on the, on the ramp. That's right, yes. And Jericho beat the, I mean, Shawn Michaels was like bloody afterwards, so that's a pretty cool one. Like he proper whipped him for ages and then eventually threw him over the top rope and it was all about being the best and stuff like that. That's a good show actually, man. Um, I'm going to go the goofy route because <laughs> that's the way I, I knew that people were going to say like that and the John Cena and whatever else. So I'm just going like goofy. I like... um. Right, same 1998. <laughs> 1998, Owen Hart was in the match. Uh, R.I.P. Owen. And um, it, Triple H came out with a cru- He was on crutches, and he like had to like he distracted Owen Hart, and then Owen grabbed the crutch because he's an idiot, and 
he pulled him over the top rope and then Triple H limped away really, really slowly and um, Owen Hart ran to the back and fell. Like, you see him fall because the next entrant, I'm almost certain it's Ahmed Johnson, is coming out. And because I've seen that rumble thousands of times and he's coming out and Owen goes in and he falls down some stairs <laughs> and <laughs> it wouldn't be that bad but Jerry Lawler this is literally a personal thing probably nobody really thinks about that but like Jerry Lawler calls him out on it it's like ah Owen fell and it's just it's little things like that like I said I knew people were going to be like oh the that I wasn't expecting the Jericho Sean thing That's that was a really cool moment but uh, I'm just trying to think outside the box, and that always sticks in my head. I've no idea why. <laughs> I, I it's, re- literally, it's literally a botch. It's just some poor guy falling, <laughs> falling on his arse, and I think it's really funny. If we're, if we're talking about botches in the Royal Rumble, we cannot hmm? not talk about the disaster in Saudi Arabia. We'll ignore the actual match and talk about Titus O'Neill. <laughs> Sorry, Potty, I thought you were going to talk about something else there. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about Batista, John Cena, and Vince McMahon blowing his claws out. No, we're, we're getting to that, but that's not as comedic as Titus O'Neil vanishing under the ring. <laughs> it was so perfect that I think it was... There's a part of me that hopes it's not... But I think it's set up. Because usually when that... That wouldn't be an apron. That would be like a hard... That would be like a screen, like showing the logos and stuff like that. And he completely went under. It wasn't like he tripped and fell and you still saw his feet. Like, he went under the entire ring. Like, it's too perfect. But I hope it's real. But there's a part of me that's like, God, I hope it's not. It's, it's incredible. That was, was that like, was there like 40 men or 50 men in that Rumble? Braun won it. It was like the biggest Royal Rumble ever. So, but nobody actually cares. The only thing people care about was that moment. Yeah, I mean. It doesn't count. It, it actually does in the records, but it shouldn't. I know, but it shouldn't. It's, it's so ridiculous. Like, it's 50 men instead of 30. Nah. And then what, he win a trophy? No. You know, did he, did he get a title he shot a or belt? just a trophy? He won a belt. Oh, did he? A, a, green, a green belt. Oh, horrific. <laughs> but, yeah, moving on. Nate, you mentioned the quads and the Cena and Batista thing. That was that was brilliant as well, just in terms of, like, looking back, the, the craziness of it. Yeah, I uh, this afternoon um, before Portadown's disaster class <laughs> went and watched back the, that clip and just the way Batista has seen it hoisted up, you know, for the Batista bomb and they just both fall back. Like it's like they couldn't. Like I know the spot like you're saying about Tyrus O'Neill going down. The fact that them two fell and literally both landed at the exact same moment, like you couldn't. You couldn't write that. Like, you know, it's, it's like almost too perfect as well. But, like, Vince, I don't know. Like, if you could see him just, like, the way he just crawls into the ring and then it's just, he, like, just sits there. <laughs> just like, <laughs> but with Vince McMahon's sort of over-the-top character anyway, you could sort of see him sitting there. So I don't think people really realised at the time. But then I was reading an article earlier on, Jim Ross was saying about how he obviously blew the first one getting into the ring and then when Jim Ross went backstage after McMahon was sitting there and he'd blown the second one out walking back between the curtain and like the gorilla room so like I, I don't know like how is that even possible but it's sort of that Vince blowing his quads out 
overshadows Batista winning that rumble. <laughs> saying that if they hadn't have botched it in the first place, that wouldn't happen. So they sort of stumbled across that moment of greatness by mistake. Like, <laughs> yeah, they did. Like it's it is it's very memorable, sort of for the for the botchiness and the craziness more than the actual like Batista getting over. But um, <clears throat> spot anything else that we maybe have missed? One of my favorite ones is the debut of AJ Styles. I felt he should have went oh, further. For- Sick. Was that yours? The botched it, but yeah, that was that was one of mine anyway. Oh, is it still me? Still okay. You. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right. So um Triple H getting like sweet chim music out by his good best mate, Shawn Michaels. Oh, that was outstanding. I watched that today, Spot. That was outstanding. What year was yeah, that again? A- 2010, yeah. Uh, but that was, it's just off the top of my head because you stole my AJ Styles because the host is the most and he goes first. But, um, yeah, that and uh, just a wee side note, anything with, in 97, 97 was an awful rumble. Uh, the mid-90s were pretty much awful for Royal Rumbles. Um, but Austin, just with his invisible watch, him uh, coming back in to cheat to win and stuff like that. Uh, just his performance in the 97 Rumble, I suppose, would be a half-decent one again, <laughs> off the top of my head. Yeah, and even even the selling, I thought, was always very good whenever Brett came out, you know, when the yes, Hitman's the music thing, and he's his like, head. his hands are in his oh, head, yeah. his mouth's wide open, like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it was perfect, but yeah, those would be sort of, in dark days, they were little highlights kind of thing. Dark when you're days. speaking there about Austin, do you remember the one in 2002? The Hurricane came out and tried to choke slam Austin and Triple H. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> shout. Talking about like comedy, that's a that's a great spot. Just looking at him and looking at each other, it's it's pretty much perfect. <laughs> well, moving on now to potentially something somewhat controversial, depending on what what rumbles we have on our list. We have our top three Royal Rumbles to share. Um, does anyone want to go first, or should I? You go nuts. Okay. Or if Neil wants to, do you want to, Neil? I don't mind, honestly. I'm I'm easy. We know that, but I will go first. Coming in at number three, very very close actually was this year's Royal Rumble and 2009 randomly. Uh, right, we'll pick one. But coming in third was neither of those. They were very close. Coming in third was oh. 1992. I watched it yesterday and I made, based on what you did, Spud, with your stables, I made a little chart or a little scoring. Um, I had 10 out of 10 for the story. I have three, it's out of 30, ironically, given the numbers of entrances in the Royal Rumble. Out of the storyline, I give 10 out of 10. Um, based on it being the title the match itself I also have the match slash how it was won I gave an 8 out of 10 because Hulk Hogan the ultimate baby face is doing heel things to get Ric Flair the win very very weird and star power and the actual winner being the correct winner I gave it 10 out of 10 because of Ric Flair won it and I thought he deserved to win it given the whole real world champion storyline and even the promo after the tear in my eye promo thought it was phenomenal 1992 comes in number three for me nailers 
See, this is really difficult. There's so many to pick from. And like, even there, you're saying about 2009. I remember we watched that, and it was at George's house. And that was the one, Randy Orton one. I always remember that rumble. It was good, actually. Um, You, you see, you know, you're, you picked out the likes of 92 and stuff. I didn't start watching wrestling until 2000, so my scope for favourite rumbles is a bit different than um, you guys. So I'm actually going to go 2020. I'm going to put it in third place. I thought this year's Rumble was very good. I I like Brock Lesnar. And I like that the spot of him just literally wreaking havoc for 25 minutes or whatever. He just throws everybody out. And then it built it up. It helped build Drew up and make him look like a star by kicking him out of the ring. And Brock is a really good seller for flying over the top rope, I think. And one of the things that sort of disappointed me with Brock when he's been in the Rumbles, you know, since he's came back, is he hasn't actually like performed that well. So it was actually good to see him being a monster, and he didn't even need to be in it because obviously he was the WWE champion anyway. So I always liked it, and then obviously, like you say, you've got your you, um, your scores and all that. But one of the best things about the 2020 Rumble was that Edge returned, and nobody expected that, and it was superb. And there was actually quite a lot of guys in it that, you know, at the minute, or, you know, top guys, like Roman Reigns was in it, Randy Orton was in it, Drew McIntyre was in it, Lesnar was in it, AJ Styles was in it, obviously throw Edge in as well. Uh, Seth Rollins, there's another one. Uh, and then, you know, they had those good moments, you know, with Brock, you know, staring at Keith Lee, and he actually says, uh, like, who the F's this guy? You know, and he looks a bit intimidated and stuff, and that was pretty cool, so... Yeah, I'm going to include 2020, and I will be the first to be probably overly critical at times of the product these days, but I thought the 2020 Rumble was done really well. I agree with you. I thought it was very, very good. It was very, very close to making number three, but um, but 92 for me just outdid it slightly. Spud, number three for you. <laughs> I'd just like to... To make a note that I, I didn't watch the 1992 Royal Rumble like live, <laughs> like Nada said that I don't have a like we have a wider scope. But I was I was like three, so <laughs> I went I went <laughs> back and watched it. It's a good it's a good Rumble. That. I get that, but I mean you boys have been watching wrestling from like the mid 90s and stuff. I didn't get involved until about five years after. That's what I mean by that. Oh no, fair fair enough. Um, yeah, do you know what? Aside from my vast knowledge of like historical rumbles, I'm gonna go for like more recent ones. I like 2020. I actually think that 1991 is better than 92. Spoilers, uh, or not spoilers, but like controversy. See if Bobby Heenan and Ric Flair had been in 91. Um, there was more star power because 92 you started having like your repo mans and your your nonsense people starting to creep in whereas if you actually look back in 91 pretty sure hogan and ultimate warrior were in it and they had a stare down and stuff like that in 91 it was really cool but like i said i know about the history i know everybody loves the 92 one and it's up there of course it is it's probably number four for me but on a deeply deeply personal level (laughs) I'm going to say, oh God, <laughs> 1998. Right. 
1998 is not a spectacular romp. It's got some good moments, and it seems to be... It's kind of like the kickstart of, like, the... You're talking about storylines. Yeah. Uh, Austin had a bounty on his head. He drew a target on his chest and stuff like that. Uh, We all knew that Stone Cold was going to win it. But... Mick Foley came in three times. That was cool. There was a lot of like name star power, like going into it and coming out of it. There was also a lot of draws. Um, where Lee Brad lasted like nearly an hour, and he was the last to be eliminated. So Owen Hart fell down. So I think like all in all, just for whatever reason, see when. Austin comes out, or is meant to come out, his music hits. Um, he comes from behind. He jumps over the announce desk, and Mark Merrow's like looking at the ramp, doing like shadow boxing, and he just gets like clobbered by Stone Cold from behind. It's just little things like that. Like, why would everybody in the ring like turn their backs on an entire side of the ring? There was about seven boys all looking up at a ramp. It's like, it's not one of you is going to look out. Uh, but it's literally the pops, the moments, the silly things. 98 it was my first rumble that I watched like sort of properly. So I would say that's just from my childhood, like, rose-tinted glasses, probably. But if I was ever, like, telling people to trumble, I would say that rumble just because it's fun. The end. (laughs) Well, for me, it's actually in number, in second place for me is 1998. (laughs) Right, okay. And there's and the and the reason why I, there's not too much to say about it because you kind of covered everything. The whole storyline was Austin, and it was yep. just how big and how quickly he was getting that big, and the target on the chest. Everyone's coming for Stone Cold, even like the whole way throughout the pay per view and on Heat before. I don't even know if it was Heat then or whatever the pre-show was called, but Austin was like attacking people backstage with chairs and beating people up because he knew everyone was coming for him. And when his music yeah. hit, the whole rumble stopped, and as you said, staring up. I actually think the fact that Austin Rock be coming down to them too is yeah. is a bit. Yeah, it was. I thought it was a very, very like how highly they rated Rock that early. Um, there was all that sort of stuff going into it. There's the whole Rock v Shamrock based on what happened earlier in the night with the brass knucks and stuff. There was so much going into it, and I actually think that it paved the way for 2001's Rumble in the context of all the weapons, because it was the first Rumble that really had a, like a hardcore part to it, with um, Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie coming out and bringing, a, bringing out weapons and stuff with them. The but, Chainsaw Man? Like, the, uh, the referee, who's our favourite referee that, like, we know on to Jimmy Corderas. Yeah. He has to like uh crawl into the ring and grab the chainsaw because I think they give Terry Funk like an actual chainsaw. Yeah. And yeah. you shouldn't be do- you shouldn't be doing that because he'll probably use it. But like Mick Foley throwing in the chairs and him like trying to bat them away with a chainsaw and stuff <laughs> like that. And when the rock comes in to put the trash can over his head and just start beating him with chairs. Yeah. It's it's really fun. The rock comes in at number four and last the whole way, I think I, I wasn't expecting you to actually say 98, so I'm I'm pleased that you agree in some way. 
Yeah, 98. For me, a big thing about the Rumble and the Rumble being good, and this might be a little bit controversial for you both, but for me, it's the winner too. If if like a Rumble could be great, but if someone who maybe isn't that over or maybe shouldn't win it, like for example, maybe this is a bit harsh, but when Del Rio won it, whatever year that yep. was, you know, I'm sort of going like, okay, that could that was a really f- like what well, was a decent Rumble, it was entertaining, but when the winner's that, you can just leave flat if you know what I mean. Um, so for me, a big thing about the Rumble is the winner too, and it's one of the reasons why I have this so high up. You know, I think it was very obvious who was winning it going in, but the fact that they didn't try and swerve anyone or anything like that is is good. But 1998, I thought was phenomenal, and over to Neil for number two. I'm gonna go 2016, and that was the Rumble that Triple H won the title. Um, they did the whole one versus all, and it was Roman Reigns, which, in its sense, you know, was never going to work. But it was an enjoyable rumble, and okay, I think a lot of people, anyone that was smart to it, thought Triple H is bound to show up, uh, and he did. But Spud, you were there when we were watching it in the fly. I don't know if you remember or not. Like whenever Triple H came out, the place erupted, like everyone popped for him, like and even at the actual rumble itself. Um, you can hear the crowd going nuts for Triple H because like, Triple H he only wrestles once in a blue moon you know then it was like sort of like Wrestlemania and then he shows up on a rumble you know it was still pretty cool and you know again at the start of it you had AJ Styles come out at number three he came out I think and mm-hmm. the fans <clears throat> the fans loved it and straight away the sort of the word looking for they like introduced him as like a top tier guy you know because they had him thrown straight in with Roman Reigns and I thought that was pretty cool and the one thing I hate about that rumble is like I said Brock Lesnar he came in you know he he threw a few people about had a few eliminations and stuff but then the Wyatts came in and I hate the Wyatts and they like came in and came back in and just threw him out and you're just like is there not going to be any repercussions for that? You thought at the time here, surely he's going to go after them, you know, even at Elimination Chamber. And he didn't. It was never addressed again. You're just like, they literally screwed Brock Lesnar and nothing has happened. That's the one thing that annoys me about that rumble. But apart from that, I, like, I thought it was good. And I, again, it might just be because I just, you know, remember it, you know, being with the mates and stuff and it was, it was a good night out and all like but. I like the 2016 one. I thought it was good as well that Roman Reigns didn't make it to the end. You remember it was Triple H against Dean Ambrose, and then everyone sort of got behind Ambrose, and even the pop from the crowd and stuff's brilliant. But he always knew that Triple H was going to win. But it was cool, like even some of the stare downs he had with Bray Wyatt and stuff. So it was something different. But, I, might, I um, might actually go back and watch that one then because I'm very surprised it's there because all I remember is AJ debuting and Triple H winning. I don't have any memory of the rest of the match and it wasn't even remotely even in my thinking for this list. So I might go back and watch that now to see what that rumble was actually like because I don't really remember yeah. anything. Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. It's just, you know, at the end of the day that's what it comes down to if you enjoyed it or not. So um, I, I don't know if it'll be <laughs> don't know if it would be on you know many people's list but i thought it was a pretty strong rumble considering yeah well here we I, are I, Gents, uh, but... no so, sorry man um see with sort of the mid 2010s everything sort of blends into one for me 
apart from the really bad moments and the really good moments, with Royal Rumbles is what I'm talking about. So I wouldn't have been able to place like that, if that makes sense. I, I remember it semi being a good rumble, but I don't even remember being out with you, man. I'm not gonna lie. But like, uh, I remember being like buzzing for Triple H. Was Bubba? Is that the Bubba Ray Dudley one, or is that the year previous? Remember, uh, I think Ray I Dudley? think it was Bob, I think that was was that 2014. See, that's we, what I mean. I, I remember that. I remember that happening at the. We were at the fly for that as well. Yeah. I remember that. No, that's it. That's why I'm trying to think, but it's like they all kind of sort of merge into one for me. Um, but I'll do the same as Potsy. I'll go back and watch that one because I remember being like buzzing and actually not thinking that Triple H is definitely going to win. Because I thought their story, him and Roman, were going to be a WrestleMania thing. I thought they are just going to pull the trigger on Dean Ambrose. But, um, yeah, no, I'll have to go back and watch that one, man. I'm making my way through them anyway for these podcasts. So I'll be there soon. It's a man who takes his homework seriously. Of course. More than a dead in school. Hence <laughs> why I'm very here. true. <laughs> <laughs> well, it comes down to the number one and... I, I, assu- I assume we've all got the same number one, but I'm not I sure. Number two, Patsy. You have? You give me an idea. Was that my number two? That was my number three, man. Was it? Okay. What's your number two? Wasn't it? Yeah, it was because I had this all planned. It's 2010. Okay. Yeah, 2010. Sorry for spoiling your your flow, man. You, 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 you ruined it. You ruined it, Austin. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Right. Uh, we honourable mention because I'm almost certain that nobody's going to say this, but I watched 1999 back. Please watch that Royal Rumble back because it's a load of nonsense. But <laughs> 2010, it's amazing and awful all at the same time. Dilo Brown, my traditional Dilo Brown, I have to mention him. He was like. <laughs> He was in the final four, <laughs> so you need, to, you need to watch this match. It's the most Attitude Era, like, match ever. Like, China's in there beating up men. Uh, Stone Cold's in there beating up Vince. It's all in there. Like, uh, it's perfect. Vince wins what? it. Vince does win it, and that, yep, he certainly does. But my one is 2010. 2010 for... Um, three reasons i'll keep it short because i know you're you're busting to get me off the phone here man so I'll just <laughs> I'll slip. uh 20 temp for cm punk we all know that i'm a massive cm punk fan uh he spent the first he was doing a straight edge society thing he had um i'm sorry i forget the girl that he sh- shaved <laughs> to join. it's serena, serena. Serena, yes, I believe she's in AEW now or one of those. She is, yeah. Thank you. Oh, happy days. I know stuff. And uh, so they were doing like a sermon, and <laughs> every time somebody would come out, he would try and quickly eliminate them. And there was, I think it's Zack Ryder comes out and he hits. He's like, "You've got potential," and then hits him with the mic and throws him out quick. And then Serena gives him back the the mic, and he's like. He's out of breath, saying, as I was just saying, and he continues with his speech. His, like, see the first, like, the third, because he gets eliminated way too quick. It's the CM Punk show. Um, that's also when Edge returned 
to win it uh, way sooner than he should have. And talking about storylines, Shawn Michaels trying to go against The Undertaker and Batista eliminating him. Like I said earlier about Triple H getting super kicked out because he didn't need friends to do what he was doing. Uh, I just think, oh, Chris Jericho against Edge at the end because obviously they were former tag partners and Jericho had been putting them down for getting injured all the time. I think all in. That's probably, well, it, it definitely is my favorite, like, sort of modern since I started rewatching it. Uh, that's probably my favorite. It's it's really good. Like, looking back, I was, like, doing my homework, as you said, and I was reading up on some, like, sort of highlights, and I'm like, oh, God, yeah, this was a fantastic rumble. And it would be another one that I sort of, I sort of think, like, if I'm trying to get people into, I think it's the easiest match for people to get into. It's like, listen, there's 30 guys who are all going to beat the beans out of each other and it'll be fun. I'll tell you who to cheer for. You know, I think this is one of the good modern ones. It's got a nice mix of goofy, funny, and that's the one with Beth Phoenix entered as well. I forgot about that. And did the kiss and the Kali and whatever. So I think it's the right mixture of everything that was sort of talked about up until now. 2010s, definitely. Number two, even though Patsy only wanted me to have two. <laughs> I think um, that's a very underrated gimmick and time period for CM Punk, by the way. I think they could have went way, way further with that and a lot bigger. Yeah, I agree. I'm all about CM Punk, so I would never agree pushing him and stuff like that <laughs> well spud the 2010 one will be on my list as well because i remember parts of that but there's parts you've mentioned there that i have no recollection of um really? I'm, a bit, I'm a bit like you from like the 2010s up you know there's yeah. very there's very few things that actually stick out to me it just all feels very samey um now whether i don't know whether that's like even from like you go through the 90s sort of 93 to 90 sort of seven all felt the same um and all that sort of thing whereas whether it's the the titan tron the entrances i have no idea how it's set up all the lights the the same poster every year i've no clue but it all meshes in to one for me as well um of just like what year was that or when was this and Neil's very good at actually remembering specific years of things i just like oh yeah. nakamura won one once you know, I don't know where yeah. that is. Um, somewhere between 2016 and 2018, you know, that's sort of where I would kind of pick that up. But for number one, I have, and I assume you both do, um, we'll, we'll come to this, and I give it 10 in my, in my listing. 10 for the story, 10 for the match, 10 for how it was won, and 10 for star power and who the winner was. And it was 2001. You know, Kean going so far drew carry it had a like even austin coming out and then the brothers of destruction who looked like they were teaming up waiting for him attacked by triple h so there's so much in there the rock was in that rumble everyone was in that rumble it was when you kind of look back at it now um the fact that even triple h was in a title match with kurt angle but the fact he showed up during the rumble match it just kind of adds to everything and i give that one my number one and tens all around the board so nail it you're next number one 
Yeah, it has to be 2001, doesn't it? It's the best rumble ever, and I don't think it will ever be topped. It, it was outstanding in every single department. And one of the things, you know, you're saying there, like you give it a, a certain departments out of 10. One of the things I look for is if there's surprise entrance. And one of the things that maybe has let the recent rumbles down a bit is the fact, well, for me, they don't have any surprise entrance anymore, or, or very rarely, or it's, I have to do it, somebody will see, like, you know, quite regularly. Like Kevin Nash showed up for a couple of rumbles, you know, over the last few years, and said, when I read it's Kevin Nash again. But the Honky Tonk Man showed up, you had Drew Carey was thrown in, and Haku showed up as well. Yeah, the re-debut. Oh. Yeah, and then he, he was in right at the end, and he then formed a tag team with Rikishi for a while and feuded with Kane and Undertaker after that. But I think Haku came in about in the late 20s, and then he was... He was like you know, like he was in like the last six. So yeah, like he was a bit of a surprise entrance as well, and everyone knows he's mental. So, but the actual storyline, like you know, where Spud was saying earlier on, it's sort of geared to. It starts off really well, and then it ends really well, and then it's trying to work out in the middle. You know, if you can sort of maintain the audience's um, attention span, and in that rumble you could because and it did. Because they brought in like the hardcore division and stuff, you know, it was like Kane fighting against Steve Blackman and Raven and whoever else, and they brought in loads of weapons and stuff, and, and there was a fire extinguisher and all, and it, it sort of broke up a bit, and that was a bit of the comedy as well, you know, Spud was alluding to earlier on, and it, it just it just had everything, and then Austin was busted up before he even started, and then Kane had such a good performance, and then. Actually, here's a bit that, uh, for a memorable moment that we didn't mention. Do you remember when Scotty Too Hotty came out and Kane and The Undertaker were standing in the ring looking at him and, like, flexing their arms and stuff? And <laughs> I think they had, it was like, I think they had like, some sort of line that was like, oh, Scotty Too Hotty is like a, a, a piece of meat or something and these two, like, you know, predators are going <laughs> to gonna fight over him or whatever, you know what I mean? And he just got thrown, thrown about like a rag doll. So 2001, just, I thought it was brilliant. Even JR, again, the commentary, it makes it for you. Like, JR was superb. And I always remember as well from that one, sorry, I am going on and on about this, but Jerry Lawler, every five minutes, he changed his pick. One minute it was Rikishi was going to do it. And then it was The Undertaker. And then by the end, when Austin won, uh, the king's like, I knew he could do it. And so like, I'm pretty sure you've picked about six guys to win. And like you say, the star power, you know, you, the final four was Rock, Austin, Kane, Billy Gunn somehow managed to make it <laughs> to the end. But uh, you also had Austin, sorry, not Austin, uh, Undertaker, Rikishi. Um, yeah, it was just a great rumble. And Big Show returned in it as well from injury and put the Rock through the table. Yeah, I was about to say there was a thing. There was a bit. I, one of the things that I like in rumbles too is when they stagger the entrance, like the numbers correctly in terms of the entrances. And 2001 done it quite well because Spud mentioned it way at the start. It's that middle bit of the rumble, but in 2001, yeah, I think you had the Rock around number 20 or 21, and you had you know, Kane in there early on all the way. So you had a vested interest in it, but. You know, you mentioned somehow Billy Gunn being in the final four. I actually like it when there's a couple of randoms in the oh, last yeah, number. I think it, it, it makes it, you know, not a lot more 
fun, but it's certainly more interesting. You know, um, who was the final three this year? Was it Drew McIntyre, Roman, and someone? Who was the other one? Edge. Do you remember? Edge. Edge. Yeah. So you were sort of looking at it and going, I could literally see three outcomes here. You know, there's nothing worse than. Um, even though it's in our favourites, but when your last threes, Bradshaw, The Rock, and Austin in 1998, you know you know who's winning. Um, yeah. You see, that, again, like you say there, Ponzi, even with 2002, do you remember Mr. Perfect came back and he made it to the very end as well? Yeah, like yeah. last four. four. So, uh, yeah, 2002, no, is, 2002 is actually a great rumble as well. Yeah, it Just is. Wee, yeah, but it's not my pick, but... But also, it wasn't The Rock, Bradshaw, and Austin in the final four who, for... Who was 98's final four? It was Farouk, uh, The Rock, Austin, and... Pass. <laughs> <laughs> it might have, been, might have been one of the McFoley's. It might have been Dude Love, you know? No. Yeah, you're right, actually, it was. It was Dude Love, <laughs> Farouk, Austin, and The Rock. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, brilliant oh, times. Sure. What about your Pots Oh, sorry, no, going ahead. I was going to say something else about 2001, but I can mention it after. Go ahead. Be sure. Uh, go ahead, man. You'll probably take another one of my ideas. Go nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking. No, I'm only joking. It was, was Potsy's story idea, not me. <laughs> uh, no, go ahead, honestly. What I was going to say about, I think, the goals that bodes so well for the 2001 Rumble itself was the actual pay-per-view was so good as well. Yeah. Like, the, the card was stacked. You had Jericho and Benoit in a ladder match for the Intercontinental title. Neil, I need you to had... stop you because that's podcast whose topics is matches oh, right, okay, at okay, the Royal okay. Rumble pay-per-view. But, right, yes, right, right. When, the, when the card is good, it does make it better, and 01 had everything. Um, even even the Royal Rumble 2000, I wasn't a huge fan of the Rumble itself. Spud said it was. Have you said it was good or not, Spud? I'll watch it too. But the actual pay per view wasn't bad. You know the the Hardys, Dudleys, and stuff. But um, well, Neil, have you any sorry. other thoughts before before you get into the series two of this? Yeah, yeah. What I was going to say was for the actual 2001 Rumble match, they had a really cool promo poster for it, um, and there's like all the guys. Uh, you know, lined up uh, like outside, like a it looks like a bar on a street or something. It's pretty cool, and you've got all the different wrestlers on that. But that's what it was gearing up to there. Yeah, no, no, that's good. Um, there's another one that done recently. They done something similar. Maybe it wasn't recent, but they had them all like Rumble was in Madison Square Garden. They're all trying to get out of the subway cars, all of them. Um, thought it was quite good on a poster. But Spud, you're number one. Right. <clears throat> My number one is right. Nineteen ninety five was a stellar year for the WWF. No, I'm only joking. Uh, it's two thousand one. It's all. It's always going to be two thousand one for people our age. I think. Um, you pretty much knocked everything in the head that I was gonna say. Want to give a shout out to Billy Gunn for being in the final four, like Neil said, but he was number 28. And every like two years, they try and give him a singles push. So just AEW might be trying again. <laughs> he's got a few yeah, yeah, at some yeah. stage. He's still going. He's still going. Um, also, big up to Matt and Jeff Hardy for just eliminating each other. Uh, for Drew Carey to stand there like a like a moron until Kane came in. The hardcore section was fun. Um, Steve Blackman brought in his little 
bag of tricks and then Al Snow brought his bowling ball and then Kane <laughs> came in and just went look at the amount of mid carters that I'm in here with let me sort this all out and he's like Grandmaster Sex I went over R.I.P. Steve Blackman uh, everybody just got leathered Kane's performance in general yeah. uh, was fantastic I think K Quick's in it I think you're Not right Truth, yes. I'm talking K quick. Yeah, yeah. I think he's quite yeah, late on. I think he's, what, in the mid-20s somewhere? No idea. I just remember him being there. I remember uh, The Undertaker. See, I think Haku was number 29 because Big Kish, Big Rikishi was number 30. He won something going into that. Yeah, that's right. But, yeah, I think, right, talking about 1999, where Austin goes missing, he goes to a hospital for a while. Yeah. And it's basically the exact same thing that they did with Roman Reigns about two decades later. But people rubbish the Roman Reigns. Do you remember this? Remember the League of Nations came out and put him through a table? Yeah. That's 2016. That's the one I was there talking about earlier on. Yep. So he disappears for like... 40 minutes of the match or something ridiculous like that. As I think, was he number one? I'm guessing. Yeah, he was, yeah. yeah. There you go. And then Austin, it's the exact same storyline, but it's just cooler with Austin because he was more over and it's, it's a bad storyline to pick. But I think the 2001 actually did it better because it was Triple H attacked him. Yeah. And led to Lair three, or, uh, three stages of hell match at No Way Out. But like, do that just have somebody attack them and put them in their bloody and whatever don't take them to hospital you don't need to do that every time just because you have bought an ambulance <laughs> and you have one to use but i think this is one of the the star part like i was saying neil i was gonna say about the uh scotty too hardy moment he looked terrified coming in uh that was just hilarious um i'm i'm pretty sure oh that's the other thing. It's the Taz. It's the quick elimination of Taz. His music oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, Kane's there and puts him up and sets him there and then punches, uh, punches him off the top rope. Also, Drew Carey trying to offer Kane money. <laughs> and then Raven comes in, Drew Carey, like, climbs the ropes in a way I've never seen anybody in a wrestling ring. He, like, climbs him like a ladder and gets out and then shouts you get him to raven <laughs> and that's just funny because also he took one of he took delo's place that's right was that he the did. one that was that the one they weren't allowed in the building or something that was, that was such a stupid gimmick but it worked yeah like... it was tiger ali singh had him and chaz <laughs> yeah that's right as a tiger no guy Low down. Low down. Low down. Even Chaz didn't get a name, like, stick in the name. But, like, uh, they were going to, like, they were arguing over who would get the place. And it's, like, Drew Carey. And then, because it's Vince McMahon, he's a massive racist. He made Tiger Ali sing, say, you know, who's Drew Curry? Oh, Curry, because I'm Indian. It's really funny. And, um, yeah, so just 2001 is pretty much a, for us, I would say, if we were talking to, uh, let's let's say Pete, you know Pete, he's been in the podcast. Yeah. Uh, I would say he would pick 1992, just because he's in that way. 
I think with our mindset and whatever else, I think 2001 is the go-to for for us. I mean, obviously it is because all three of us agree. But yeah, that would be my go-to. Yeah, 2001 Rumble in terms of rumbles. Sorry, that's yeah, 2001 in terms of rumbles. Two Royal Rumbles is like SummerSlam 2002 to SummerSlams. It's just a clear winner. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just so much, so so much in it, and um, like I don't think it'll ever be topped. I really don't. I didn't think that Reigns needed to beat Kane's eliminations in a single Rumble. You know, I thought that yeah. should have just stayed, or at least let him equal it or something. If you want to do that, but I wouldn't have had him beat it. Um, I'm sure, even even Reigns's uh, record's gone now as well. Yeah, Braun at the greatest. Well, well, Brock in the actual war with Brock. Oh, did Brock do it? Okay. Or he equals bronze. Yeah, there's 50 men. Potsy, I think, you know, you were saying there about uh, The Rock. It's coming back to me. I think The Rock came in at number 13 in 2001 because I remember them saying, oh, here's last year's winner. Um, albeit that was dubious. Here's last year's winner. Can he repeat it? You know this year, but he's coming in at unlucky, unlucky thirteen. That rings the bell. I think the Rock came in at number thirteen. I, I remember he came in after Hunky Tonk Man. He cleared the ring of all the hardcore guys. He smashed the guitar over Hunky Tonk, and then it was like that's the end of the joke section. I'm pretty yeah. sure the Rock came in. I don't know if it's thirteen, but I just know that uh, the Rock was after Hunky for some I'm reason. Gonna... I'm going to Google us here because I, I have a feeling that Rock came out at 13. You could be right. I've watched that Rumble a load of times. Like, but um, I remember Austin, I think, was 27, um, where he was 27 and 98. But that's you know, one of those famous ones, like, oh, always a winner at 27 type. But, um, gentlemen, any other moments from Royal Rumbles that we have glossed over that you wanted to say that we didn't have time to, just as an honourable mention as we wrap up? Um, well, just check. Rock did come in at number 13. Um, but yeah, um, I, do you know what? It's a memorable moment for obviously for like the wrong reasons. But when Rey Mysterio came out at number 30 in 2014, and he was like always been a popular babyface, and he just got booed out of the arena because it wasn't Daniel Bryan. I thought you were going to say like, Rey Mysterio um, won the Royal Rumble after being one of the two starters in it, the longest ever Royal Rumble ever. I thought you were going down that route. <laughs> I no. hate that rumble. I agree with Paul on this. There's just a couple of things about it, but I'm sure we can get into it at some point in the series. Like, but, uh, no, just when he got booed out of the building, I think he was taken aback a bit. Do you know what I mean? Because he's never been used to that sort of reception, but it was just like the fans hijacked it, and you know the fact that Roman Reigns was the heel of the shield, or sorry, was the heel out of the last sort of five people there, five, six people, and he was getting fully cheered. And, um, yeah, like, they really rejected Batista, and then they remember Batista was, like, shouting back, deal with it, and all that sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah, what was the rumble that Roman won, and even the Rock got booed? The Rock came out to try and get him over, 15. and he got booed? 15. <laughs> yeah. 15. I read that earlier, that's the only reason I know that. <laughs> I was good around for top of my head. I was like, it's like Roman was getting booed out of the building. Here comes The Rock, and The Rock was like, yeah, put him over, put him over. And even The Rock got booed. <laughs> the Rock looks so confused as well. Yeah. He's like, what? This hasn't happened since like 1997 for me. <laughs> you see, the, I can see like 
but you know, like Roman Reigns originally was getting over organically in like 2014, right? And then obviously everyone said it was a bit forced and all sort of stuff, and they turned against him because of Daniel Bryan, right? But you can see why. Now I like Roman Reigns, and the work he's doing at the minute is nothing short of stellar. Like it's unbelievable, and it would be so good if the fans are there, you know, to properly appreciate it and react to it and stuff. But if you look at it, 2014, Roman Reigns was the runner-up. 2015, he won it. 2016, he started at number one as the champion. Was in it the whole... Well, I know he got taken away in the ambulance and all that carry on, like, and then he came back. But he was in it right... He came third, effectively, like. He was up there right until near, near enough to death. And then 2017, he came out, eliminated Undertaker after already having a match, and then he was the run-up again. 2018, runner-up again. Wasn't in 2019, and then this year, runner-up again. And it's like, is it any wonder fans were getting sick of him like could you imagine if like say the rock for example was runner up every year do you know what i mean i just think it takes away from it a bit like the big show <laughs> the big well, show runner, up, runner up yeah yeah i think you're right but at the same time a lot of that stuff isn't even rememberable to me those rumbles you know yeah, same. Um, so i need to watch that one that you said was a 2016 and i'll probably watch yeah. I'll probably watch last this year's again before next year's. Um, but apart from that, those other ones I that don't even register with me as like, oh, that's, that was a great rumbler, that was a good rumble. But I know what you mean. Like for those diehard, you know, fans that really want to like nitpick and stuff, I can I can see your point. But um, I, that wouldn't even have registered with me at all just because of the sort of the blur really from probably twenty yeah, as Spud said from maybe like twenty ten to 2020 it's sort of just been highlights it's and then... because it's obviously because we're all we're all adults now it's easy going back and like watching stuff from when you were like 13 but i think when you're in your 20s and you're watching this it's fun at the time but occasionally it just slips out of your mind because you've all your stuff on the go um i find myself not watching the last like decades worth like re-watching i love the rumble i'd throw it on every now and again but it would always sort of be like those early 2000s and now i'm just going right through but i'm missing the mid 90s so yeah i think it's a lot to do with sort of getting older lads maybe we're all just growing up <laughs> well me, me and potsy don't remember neil knows everything about it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i think that's a lot to do with yeah well gentlemen that is us for part one of the Royal Rumble series. It has been fun, enjoyable. We've got our top threes in and some other interesting memories from the Royal Rumble, such as Too Cool. And this podcast has been Too Cool. Um, nice. bad, that's a very bad plug. But from from us here at the podcast, I'm your host, Darren. I'm joined, we were joined and we still are joined, getting a bit tongue-tied here by the phenom of the podcast, Spud. Spud, where can anyone connect with you on social media? You don't need to see me on Twitter. I talk nonsense on Twitter. Just follow the pot, the Potscast on Twitter, and you might see me on there. There we go. And Neil, for you. I'm at C on both Twitter and Instagram. Excellent. Well, folks, there we have it. Our top three Royal Rumbles, some predictions for this year, and some memories. It's been fun, as always, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the podcast with me, your host, Darren. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the podcast. Thanks for your time. Stay safe. 
and tune in next time.